Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are my good buddies. Hey guys, I'm back. It's Jeff. Oh god. <laughs> it's Nate. Hi Jeff and Nate, it's Willie. How are you? Yeah, the whole gang's here. And uh big party. Woo! I'm doing I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. A little tired, wore myself out today, washed a bunch of cars. I say a bunch, it was two. Ooh. And then that's, and, a, that's, a, that's a punch. That's a punch. And, it's a small punch. And then I lifted some weights and stuff, and it was just like, yeah, now I'm tired. But I, I was it I two feel pounds? Good. Uh, it was my 25 pound dumbbell. Why is that such a convenient size for dumbbells? I love that too, man. It it's just easy. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's just a big hunk of metal that I could throw around and stuff. It's just it helps. I kind of feel like that's like just enough weight that like most dudes can curl it pretty easy, and but without it being like you can do an infinite number of reps unless you're like pretty strong. Oh yeah, no, I get in like you know between like ten to fifteen depending on what else I've been doing that day, and I'm like, all right, need to let my arm rest for a second before I go for set two. <laughs> oh man, how are, how are you gentlemen doing? Actually, hold on before I ask you two, Nate, how are you feeling, good sir? Well, I'm back. <laughs> so I was definitely. <laughs> sicker than a dog last week ended up catching omicron so good times thanks everybody for wearing your masks and being responsible and getting vaccinated i got hand sanitizer i've been putting so in like I, before i talk <laughs> to you guys so i am fully vaccinated and i still got it so be careful out there everybody <laughs> but like it was a really weird experience because like the first night that it really kind of took hold like I was shivering so bad I could not walk. Like, I was having chills that bad. Like, I had to find extra blankets and covers to cover up with because I just, like, otherwise would not stop shivering. It was awful. After that, though, it was more just general body achiness and soreness. So it wasn't too bad after the first night, but it wasn't fun by any stretch of the imagination. And right now, I still feel like I have some lingering effects from it. Like, I get real tired fast after doing anything right now so you know hopefully the recovery process is faster than it has been because i want to get back to doing things it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, i guess that's just like a, a common side effect of it because mike uh from factory sealed uh shout out factory Sealed retro game video game podcast uh he also had gotten covid and he said that he's still still dealing with like he gets exhausted really really easily just like you know you do a few things and he's just ready to go have a lie down as he says i think yeah i mean <laughs> i understand it it sucks it's like i'm not used to getting tired fast after things like i can usually one of those people that can just keep going but ooh, it's not been fun <laughs> yeah, well hopefully that passes for you soon man it's good to see you back right. thanks buddy yeah although like Let's go ahead and just knock this out of the way real quick, Willie. We did find a weird link between the game that we randomly chose last week and our game this week. Oh, God. I forgot what that was. Um, Hold on. The guy who created Paganitsu. Uh, Keith, Keith Schuler. Oh, yeah. I think it was name. Keith Schuler, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's worked right. Worked on Borderlands. I, why do I remember that? <laughs> I, that's, that's a great question. I, I, I have found the that greatest memory for stuff that, will know, that won't serve me in the future. <laughs> except right now. Hey. Right now. <laughs> I needed that info and you had it, sir. That's what I'm looking for. Uh that guy. We need to get you on a game show from like the from like two thousand six. We need to get you on like Weakest Link or uh who who's smarter than a fifth grader. Oh I'm definitely look, not. Who wants to be a fifth grader? <laughs> who wants load to up be the, a fifth grader? <laughs> load up the you don't know Jack from that era. 
Oh man, that would have been back when the ride was still out, right? The ride was so. great. Oh man, um, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about Keith Schuler and the the weird oh, connection. Yeah. He he ended up uh, he worked on Borderlands, which I just thought was like, what the fuck are the odds of that? I don't remember. I think he maybe helped with the art design. I think he said he was a situation uh, scenario oh, so, writer. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense. The humor, which yeah. is really funny. That yeah, I think that's like what it was last week. That just ended up relating to what we did because like I yeah. knew the process y'all went to to get to uh, short game because me and you had to do that fairly recently when we did Creavers. You just picked a game that looked interesting, wanted to play. I was just like, it's so crazy that that lined up in such a way that there was a connection between those two games. Yeah, what the fuck are the odds of that? I, yeah, I, I was just blown away when I when Willie read that out on the show. I was like, what? You gotta be fucking kidding me! Yeah, my jaw dropped when I was listening. <laughs> I, I was as baffled as anyone else because, like, it was a one man project, and I'm like, I wonder what this guy went on to do. Because I was fully expecting the answer to be like. You know, he made three video games, then went on to work for Boeing or something. Because that's a lot of times when you find like solo devs from the '80s. That's where they end up, but not this time. Man, yeah. So, uh, Jeff, Willie, how are you guys doing this week? Anything interesting happen? Get any good naps in? I had a good I- <laughs> nap. So yesterday, I was so pleased with myself for getting up early. Like I finally didn't super duper oversleep, and I was out and about. Came back to the house and immediately fell asleep and slept for like sixteen hours. So apparently, I had not been sleeping too well. <laughs> I have been there, dude. <laughs> the only thing that's really unfortunate about that is we were going to try to finish up our multiplayer campaign of Borderlands last night, and uh, not only was I not there, but they just kind of had to figure out I wasn't going to be there because I was so confident that we were going to do it that I didn't bother telling them, you know, I'm going out for a little. I'll be back. In-. No, I just came in just immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I thought I was taking a short nap. No. I I had pretty much chalked it up that you had fallen asleep. That's why eventually I was like, I'm going to eat and go to bed. (laughs) It ended up working out because I I I ended up getting pretty tired early last night, too. Just I had one of those days yesterday where I just didn't do a damn thing. Like, I didn't do my normal stream. I just just ended up laying down most of the day yesterday. Yeah, me, like that, uh, yeah, me too. Yesterday was stream an eco video game. Yesterday was very nice to me, just relaxing, didn't do a damn thing because now I'm on vacation for two weeks because I'm getting ready to nice. go down to Florida. Nice. Yeah, he's gonna be in my neck of the woods, kinda. I about wish. Three hours away. What's I wish. Florida? I will say, I. What's in Florida other than haunted lighthouses? I will say, I absolutely hate planning for vacations. Florida? No, I I love Florida, but well. Florida during the wintertime. Summertime, no. Sorry, sorry, buddy. You're on your own there. But, oh, but I, I hate it here. <laughs> I can't stand uh, planning vacations where I don't have too many people control my travel, you know? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I can imagine that they could sound. You going to see any uh, particular sites or anything? Or are you just yeah, it's just going to be a week of relaxing. I'm going to be uh, staying in a condo where my parents are already down there. I'm going to be going down there with my girlfriend and my brothers joining us a couple days later. So we're going to play some golf, relax by the beach, have some delicious food that I haven't eaten there in about, when did I last go? About three, four years since the last time I was there. Nice. We're going to Tampa Bay. Hashtag okay. butt stuff on the beach. <laughs> that way you could just walk into the ocean and give it a good rinse and yeah everybody's good to go okay anyway <laughs> yeah i've spent a lot of time uh, at tampa bay actually because that's where my company's based out of so whenever i have to fly down to corporate for work i'll go down to tampa it's in clearwater florida which is kind of like on the other side of the bay 
Mm-hmm. So it's really fun to go over there because they have some really good seafood. So if you're into seafood, check it out while you're down there. Well, the pl- yeah, you showed me pictures from that one place. And it looked amazing. I can't remember what it was called, but you say you yeah, go there every time you go It's Frenchies uh, something or other. They do like French. grouper down there, which is really good. Oh. Grouper, that was so fucking good, dude. Yeah. yeah. The place we're actually staying yeah. at is called Madeira Beach. Okay. And uh, there, there's a restaurant there called the Daiquiri Shack that makes a mean grouper sandwich. Mm, My God, it was so fucking good. <laughs> what? Dude, the name Daiquiri Shack is a whole mood. Yeah, right. That's like something straight love, out of a Jimmy Beckett song. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I, I hear it and I immediately become more relaxed. <laughs> Wasted again in a Daiquiri, daiquiri Shack. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford Margaritaville, so they just got one shack. I ate, I ate at Margaritaville once. It was pretty cool. It's such a gimmick place. Like, the oh, food yeah. was pretty good, you know what I mean? But, like... Every hour on the hour, the song "Volcano" by Jimmy Buffett plays, and <laughs> and their their giant volcano in there erupts with margarita. Wow! And then it, it flows down into these pitchers, and then it's like a margarita happy rush. Or I don't know if it's always happy hour there. I feel like it would always be happy hour at a Jimmy Buffett restaurant. But. <laughs> happy day. <laughs> the clocks are all set to five o'clock all the time. <laughs> I wouldn't that, be surprised you know, if that was an actual gimmick in the restaurant. <laughs> I was about to say that probably, yeah, that was probably a thing. Uh, I don't remember. Honestly, I was young. Or I say young, but it was before I could drink, so I, I didn't really pay attention. But I remember I got like some kind of Alfredo. I don't know. It was it was tasty. It was tasty, though. Did it come from a volcano? Was there an Alfredo volcano? <laughs> I wish there was an Alfredo volcano. I'd have bathed in that. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to smell like cheese and cream the rest of the day. Help you with one of those things. Oh, the cheese? Yeah. All that, yeah, we'll all go, that dick we'll cheese. We'll go with that. The, the Fromunda no. cheese. The Fromunda cheese. Oh, man. Um, there, when me and my buddy Josh like went down south to go shark fishing, which, by the way, reeling in a shark, it, it came in, it was like this big, but it was the strongest thing I had ever reeled in in my entire life. I was like, what? I was going to snap the rod, but it didn't. But I really thought it was going to. But anyway, that's beside the point. We went to it. No fish is stronger than the Marlins from Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Fish facts. Fish facts. <laughs> um, we went to this restaurant down there, and I wish I remembered the name of it. But, dude, they had this white fish dip that was to die for on a Captain Wafer. Like, oh, I probably would have been good on a Ritz, too, but I feel like all the restaurants always have Captain Wafers. So that's just, like, what I what I ate. But, man, dude, this white fish dip was seriously out of this world good. I want to know how they made it so I can make it. I don't know if you guys have ever had whitefish dip. Mm-mm. No, no. Oh man, I'm not really much it's, of a dip person. Well, it's not like a it's not like a wet dip. It comes in like a ball. <laughs> that doesn't make like it any better. <laughs> whitefish, and I think it's like cream cheese, and there's like some like chive and some other stuff in it. It's just mm, delicious. If you're listening, you write it. Having trouble visualizing it, but I want to try it anyway. Yeah, I'll send you a link to a recipe later. It might vision. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say I'll send you a ball. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'll send you a ball. I mean, it, it would hurt me, but I could do it. <laughs> Anyways, gentlemen, I uh, I have started on a venture of uh, collecting some physical PC games. And I have some here. And I, I meant to bring this up on the last episode and forgot and got called out by our listener, Santos. So uh, I'm going to talk about them this week. Uh, first up, I snagged a pretty good shape copy of Unreal Tournament 2004. Nice. Right? Unreal Tournament. It's fire. 
Um, the expansion pack for World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King, um, which has a really cool cover. Uh, and kind of nostalgic for me that this was the first expansion pack I ever played for World of Warcraft was I came in on uh, Wrath of the Lich King. Nice. Um, oh, I get that feeling. It's like when I look at Ice Age cards from Magic the Gathering. I'm like, this is where I jumped yeah. in. <laughs> um, God, I can't remember where I jumped in on Magic. Ah, that's a memory that I'm not going to try to drum up right now. Um, Supreme Commander Forged Alliances. Now, this is a game I don't own on Steam. Or, or I've, you know, I don't, like, I own Unreal Tournament on there, but, like, so I'm interested in checking this game out. Uh, I might either acquire it, quote-unquote, or see if it's on GOG or something. Because uh, I showed you guys beforehand, the manual for this game folds out into a giant, like, map of units and their skills and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. I'd like to dive into that. When you showed uh, me the map, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, that sort of, like, player's guide with a, with a player map on that was uh, Heroes of Might and Magic. I want to say three where it showed all the different races and the characters you can build. It was literally like this, maybe the same size as what yours of yours was, Dalton. Yeah. It's just, it was oh, yeah, a, it's just have, a very cool thing. A, I have a... the generous fold-out. I love the look of it. Like, it was really impressive, actually. I think I have uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 on GOG, actually. But, you know, I don't know if it would be the same, obviously. But So, I have... Uh, well, the next one was uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, back when this was a disc. And uh, fun fact, for the, I know you listeners can't see this, but I have the person whose this was login <laughs> and password, so I might check out and see what they had. If you donate $10 um, on Patreon, Dalton will give you that login. <laughs> I, will, I will sell you this Star Wars account. <laughs> I don't want to help you hack this anyone, is, but the password is just a, a word and the number one, which is the worst kind of password. This is the first ev- ever physical NFT. It's $10,000, but it could be yours. <laughs> For the low, low price of one Patreon subscription. Um, this next one... Ended up being way more nostalgic for me than I thought it would be. Uh, Final Fantasy XI. I thought it was the PC version. Uh, but turns out, when I got it, and I popped it out of its handy-dandy uh, sliver, it is the PlayStation 2 version. Now, uh, when I showed this earlier, Nate, you said you didn't even realize PS2 went online. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was telling you that there was like a special adapter that you had to buy. It was like this whole extra cost. And you connected it to the back of the PS2. Oh man, I have a PS2 right there, and I can show you what I'm talking about. But I literally, my PS2 is right it. behind me. But there's a slot on the back of it that really like had a cover, but you pop that off. Yeah. Eric, give me one second. I'll uh, let me see if I can. So while he's doing that, you just shove this big fucking thing in there, and it was like it added another. Yeah. So oh, okay. that. Ru- right under the expansion where it says expansion yeah that's where that thing went and it oh, was just this big where? hunk of technology where, but it worked where, where am i pointing yeah, oh, right okay. here where, where, yeah right your fingers at that pops off and you can hide your weed in there <laughs> i never knew this was there i was gonna say did jeff just learn something <laughs> he did jeff is I, I never knew this was there that's funny my uncle at nintendo says if you could put sega genesis games in there <laughs> But, yeah, it's just really, uh, it was an interesting piece of technology back then, because I think that was 
around the same time as Dreamcast, maybe before Dreamcast. I know Dreamcast also had the uh, online capabilities, but I feel it like did. PS2 might have done it first, but I could be wrong. Well, did oh Dreamcast, didn't Dreamcast come out first? Before YouTube. Yeah, it came out by about... Oh, did the Dreamcast come out before the PS2? Okay. I'm... Or like by this is a pretty short time. Dreamcast was nine nine ninety nine. I think PlayStation Two came out in like two thousand one. If you guys bear with me, I can. Uh, now that I finally have a second monitor, I can do. I can do some yeah. research. Woo! He he was flexing that before we started. By the way, <laughs> just like look at my monitors. They're both uh four four thousand p and a thousand frames per second and. Uh, yeah, d- yeah, he's discontinued he's 2001. Technology. Yeah, Dreamcast? Ni- 98 to 2001. Oh, holy shit. Well, then, yeah, that was doing online way before I thought. That's impressive. That Fantasy Star Online ran on that thing back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sega always um, kind of did weird stuff with their kind of online stuff. Because even, like, back in the Genesis day, remember the Sega channel? Yeah. Yeah, there were two online things for the, the Genesis. There was the Sega Channel, which had the downloadable games, and there was the X Band, which let you play one v one games online using like a cable modem. So I never had like the the Sega Channel at home, but I remember that from any time I went to Disney World or Universal Studios, they had it in the hotel room. There was just like that's awesome the TV, and there would just be two Sega Genesis controllers there, and then you could go through, and they would have like four or five games you know what i mean yeah that's dope though i got surprised that they would have things like that in a hotel but i guess they are going with their target market and there's gonna be a lot of kids yeah yeah and it went and we would stay in the uh back then i think my parents would we stayed in the, like the disney hotel or one close by mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely absolutely that they would be catering it wasn't you know i don't know if the motel six around the corner had it <laughs> <laughs> Right, but Sega did a lot of cross promotions with hotels too. They also had like a Game Gear promotion with Howard Johnson's, where like you could, if they had a kid staying with you, they could play Game Gear for That's free really during cool. your trip. Sega did do a lot. Sega was pretty innovative, man. Mm-hmm. It really worked. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just unfortunate that all the internal squabbling kind of yeah. got to them because like someone took over on the Japanese side and they just didn't like. They kind of resented how much autonomy the American side was, and they started kind of torpedoing each other instead of teaming forces and beating the other companies up and that's why we have microsoft consoles now <laughs> um i got a couple more here or actually it's it's a few yeah. more um yeah. grand ages rome which i think is a uh rts game like the uh, BattleTech arena game is an rts game uh, i love like these type of games where you just like build up your shit and like uh your armies and try to you know, either do the scenarios or like the sandbox mode, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy that in Civilization as well. Which, uh, speaking of, got Civilization Five. Civ Five, baby, that's the one I've got the most Civ time. Five, it's such a great game. Fucking tremendous. I almost, I, I would almost say that I like Civ Five more than I like Civ Six. And I will argue that Civ Five is better than Civ Four. I do have one argument in favor of Civ Four. Which is Baba Yetu. That's my entire argument. <laughs> Baba Yetu is like one of the best video game songs of all time. Okay, I'll give you that. It's a good one. I'll give you that. I never got um, into uh Like it's one of those songs if yeah, it's one of those tracks that if you heard it and you didn't know it was from a video game, you wouldn't believe someone if they told you it was from a video game. He's not wrong. Uh let's see, what do I, what do I want to do next? Uh we'll well since we're on RTS games style, uh we'll go Medieval Two, Total War. Or I guess it would be Total War Medieval Two, but you know, either way. 
looking forward to trying that. I do have this game on Steam, so uh, it, it, the total war games you can get sucked into for so long, and I'm saying that after we talked about Civilization. <laughs> yeah, right. Both both of those games are t- once you just lose hours in them. Um, getting these though makes me want to go get that disc drive out of that old computer in my other room and hook it up to this PC and just kind of like set it on top and see if I can't get some of these to run. Like this game, Hellgate, London. Uh, all I know about it is it's like a first-person shooter, and it looks interesting. Uh, when I posted pictures of this in the Factory Sealed Discord, uh, the only reply I got about uh, Hellgate was, the student was like, ah, oh, Hellgate, I had such high hopes for that game. <laughs> so that does not give me high hopes for it, but yeah, we'll see. And the uh, the final two... Of course, you know me, I had to go and get Oblivion, the box copy. Uh, I don't know if there was ever a big box for this. Um, and I should clarify for the listeners, all of these are small box. I wish they were big box, but I can't afford big box PC games right now. <laughs> um, although, that Sealed Heretic box that I saw the other day that Nate told me I had a problem. But uh, Sealed Heretic for 30 mm. bucks, And I was like, that's not bad. And then, last but not least, my fa- one of my favorite games ever, Final Fantasy VIII. And I'm happy. This is my beginning collection to go with the ones I already had, which is just Counter-Strike, Condition Zero, Counter-Strike, Source, and Flat Out. Were there any big changes for the uh, PC version of Final Fantasy VIII, or does it basically play like the PS1 game? Um, Like, it would be tight if it supported, like, slightly higher resolution or something, you know? It, like, playing it in 640 by 480 or something would be kind oh, of Oh, no, neat. it definitely gives you better resolutions. Um, But it also, in the launcher, included that little Chocobo game that never came out. Oh, the one for the VMU yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's it awesome. It included that, which I thought was, yeah, it's really cool because that was like, never came out here ever. They were just like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't fuck get America. A, we didn't get a VMU until the Dreamcast. I want to say, I think that was the first and I think only American system that had like a little toy memory card thing. I think it's possible, man. I wish I remember the name of the game. There's a game and I don't remember the system it came out for either. So this is really, Sorry, I can't tell you, but there's a game about, a, like, you play as this dude, but you are the person on the other side of the computer, right? So the guy goes and talks to the computer, and you talk, to, quote unquote, talk back to him, and kind of tell him the things that he needs to do, right? But, like, he's literally relying on you for survival, so if you do not play that game for, like, two weeks, he won't eat and he won't drink, so you'll come back and he might be a pile of bones on the ground, and then you have to start over. That's- for some reason, that's kind of reminding me of... Uh, Tamagotchis? Uh, I was going to say Seaman and uh, Hey You Pokush Pikachu. Yeah, I yeah. can see that, with, especially with the Seaman thing. Dude, it just makes me think of South Park. And there's Seaman. It's Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, the only other thing that I have noted before... Uh, you know, And obviously, if you guys have anything you want to touch on before we hop into the game, but... um. I watched the Matrix Awakens trailer today, which which mm-hmm. is the um, Unreal Engine 5 showcase. All right. Holy fucking shit. A, that engine is so fucking good that those people look legit real, right? Yeah, when they're not in natural light, when they're just like lit by computers and stuff, that is seriously some of the best looking human uh, video games I've ever seen. Two. And Willie, I know you'll be able to relate to this. Uh any game made in that engine is going to make my PC fucking blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I use that freaking wonderful 
NVIDIA DLSS technology that I don't quite understand, but it works wonders. And uh, AMD just released a version of theirs as well. I think it's called Fidelity FX. But basically it's like it renders your shit lower and then scales it up. And I, I don't know how exactly it is, but it, it makes it where games that don't run smooth, if you turn it on, they, hey, they run smooth. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's wonderful, though. It's wonderful. But the the whole thing within the beginning, I'm looking at, and I don't know, I don't know if that entire thing was rendered in the Unreal Five, or if it started out with real Keanu Reeves, and then when he looked into the TV, or like when he went through a TV thing, I, it, that's when it became computer generated. But, I think, but I literally, but I'm not literally sure. couldn't couldn't tell, and it was just like, oh man, this is some fucking uncanny valley almost shit like but I, what i thought was brilliant was that they they took the matrix and they did it with the matrix which is like always asking the question of like you know the what blurs the lines of reality mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so like what what better to show off a game engine that blurs the lines of reality than an ip that does that exactly that i was just it was super fucking cool and i just i am excited to see what else comes from that engine well it's just incredible what they do with the unreal engine all the different games come out yeah. using that engine. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's like the big thing between I think was it Unreal and Unity. Yeah, I'd say those I think are the so, main yeah. kind of rival engines. The, the two, yeah, the two big ones. And oh man, Unity might be more accessible, but fucking a, dude. If you can do Unreal, it, go for it. And I think it, I think it's Unreal. Like they allow you access to use their engine. And they do not charge you unless your game makes over a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Unity has that too. I think with Unreal, they base the charge on like a percentage, like a licensing fee. Oh, okay. I think they take like five percent or something, which is a super reasonable number. Okay. Yeah, I knew. I, okay, so yeah, it was one of the two that they did that. And that's why people hate Blizzard. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude. Apparently. Uh, the call, what is the call, Warzone Call of Duty? Is that with like the new the new like battleground type thing that they do? So. Is Warzone? Uh, apparently, that's like gone to shit since everyone's been leaving Activision Blizzard. <laughs> like everybody just keeps walking out. Uh, apparently, that's seriously affecting that game from people that I know that play it. So hopefully, they can get that shit figured out. Kick out uh kick out homeboy that nobody wants there, <laughs> and just uh bring somebody else in and fix some shit. Yeah, I wouldn't care if they stopped making a Call of Duty game. That, that series could end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bes- like besides all that, I just in general like Blizzard's put out some shit that I enjoyed over the years. I really like. I know World of Warcraft's their bread and butter now, but I really enjoy the Warcraft games. You know what I mean? Like if they ever just decided like, hey, by the way, we're making a Warcraft four, I'd be like, what? And I'd jump all over that. But uh, it's kind of like I'm I'm looking really forward to Diablo four whenever that decides to come out, if it ever comes out now, because of everything that's going on. <laughs> But I don't know. It just yeah. always surprised me. You know, they made a war- World of Warcraft. They never made something similar with StarCraft. True. Yeah. You know, that's... Why no StarCraft MMO? That would print money. Maybe they're afraid of cannibalizing their own base, but I bet most people would play both. Yeah. And they, or, you know, or they could do it where it's like, if one or the other one is suffering, make them a dual charge. Like, or, you know combine them where it's like you pay say instead of 15 bucks you pay 20 bucks a month and you get world of warcraft and starcraft online like that would be cool mm-hmm. i guess they could call it galaxy of starcraft <laughs> universe of starcraft worlds of starcraft <laughs> yeah yeah worlds yeah uh, uh, there yeah. you go even be a play on the fucking words there you go uh 
Trademark Steam Machine Podcast 2022 Blizzard fucking pay me. Just saying. We're trademarking derivative works of other people's property. Yeah, Let's see. Yeah. That's a bold strategy. Let's see this, how it this works. This is our NFT. <laughs> <laughs> our new fucking our trademark. Our new fucking trademark. Oh, man. For the record, for the record, fuck NFTs. I think that's the stupidest shit ever. And of course, Peter Molyneux has come out. And do you guys know who that is, first and foremost? Yeah, he's the disappointment he guy. He's the disappointment guy. He's the guy who made Fable. And he's the one who said that, like, you know, uh, a fable, if an acorn falls, it'll grow a tree, and that tree will drop 20 acorns, and then 20 trees will grow, and all that. And that is complete bullshit. Fable's fun, don't get me wrong. But Peter Molyneux is a hype machine where he just hypes up and hypes up stuff that they can't fit into the game. Forget Fable, because at least Fable does about 5% of the stuff he said. Why don't we hold him accountable for Goddess? What happened to Goddess, Peter Molyneux? I just mm-hmm. watched the th- I watched mm-hmm. X- uh, outside Xbox talk about that. With that was the cube where everybody was just clicking on this cube, and it was like if you got to the center of it, there was a life changing thing, and it was you got to be a god and goddess. The guy that got to it was like from yeah. Scotland, and then the god the game never came out, and the dude never made any money off of it, so there was no life changing. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. But uh, now his new game is going to be NFT based. I still don't know understand still understand the term N- NFT. It's when someone sells you a receipt for something without selling you the actual thing. It's mind-bogglingly dumb. Huh. Yeah, they're they're odd. It's like uh hey, it's so okay, so say I took a picture of my face, right? Mm-hmm. And I it's on the internet. Anybody can just right-click it and download it, but I could sell it to you as an NFT and that way if anybody ever looked up that picture, you would own it. Yeah, of course that means they have to look it up on your blockchain, which says this is the same scam as selling people getting to put your name on a star in a book. Like this has existed millions of times. Yeah, it's astonishing to me. This or is like different. Paid. Sorry, I'm sorry. We're getting. I'm getting angry. I'm not even funny about it. I just dislike these. It's the people that push this shit are the most obnoxious people in the world, and they they keep trying to jam into completely irrelevant things and it just irritates the hell out of me. I just can't believe there's so many people that listen to these gimmicks. Oh, you... Well, it's because everyone always sees themselves as the one that's going to be selling things to the next guy. No one visions themselves as the sucker that's going to be holding the bag at the end. Aye. Aye. So they have to pretend to be true believers and think that, say that there's a real huge future in it so they can get out while they're still hyping it. And uh, I just want them to stay away from my video games. That's all. People can do whatever they want with the pictures... You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. But stay the fuck away from my video games. Agreed. Gentlemen, is there anything else that any of you have on your mind that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I could really go for some spring rolls right now. That's all. All right. Well, then on that note, let's uh, hop into some Borderlands. And I believe we can kick it off with what we like to... I like to call O-dubs. Which is the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Gentlemen... Borderlands was a 2009 open-world action role-playing first-person looter shooter. That was really hard to say. Uh, it is the first game in the Borderlands series. It was developed by Gearbox Software and published by 2K Games for the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, Windows, Mac, and the Shield Android TV. Sorry, the what? The Shield Android TV. I've never heard of it either. Is that one of those streaming things like the... I don't know. I'm sure it's a uh, thing that existed. <laughs> The- NVIDIA Shield TV is an Android TV-based digital media player. So, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, the game was released worldwide in October of 2009, um, with the Mac version coming in December of 2010. And that was uh, produced by Feral Interactive. 
uh, or I'm sorry, released, whatever. Uh, the game story focuses on a group of four vault hunters who travel to the distant planet of Pandora to search for the quote unquote vault, uh, which is rumored to contain advanced technology and other priceless riches. The hunters piece together clues to find the vault while battling the savage wildlife of Pandora and the bandits and outlaws that populate the planet, ultimately banding together to prevent the Atlas Corporation from reaching the vault first. You have no idea how wonderful it was to wa- listen to you read that in real time. I love my second <laughs> monitor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, well, okay, so Nate and Willie, you guys have never played this before. So I'm curious on like what your uh, opening thoughts were. You know what I'm saying? Like When we first hopped into it, what went through your mind? Uh, let's go Nate first. Yeah, well, for me, I actually hopped in a single player before we got together and started doing um, multiplayer together. So I remember it being really cool to starting off because I don't think you got to see the intro scene because we did multiplayer, Willie. But when the intro scene popped up, right. it has that song, uh, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage the Elephant, popping up and playing. And it just took me back to a time in college. Like, right, I think this game came out like right after I graduated college, but was still living in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And it was such a big deal when this game came out because Cage the Elephant, the band that performs the song in the intro, was from Bowling Green, Kentucky. So it was just like really cool that the band from my um, college town made it big. It was in this video game. And I don't know. It was just a really cool snapshot picture of time. And I had completely forgotten about that until I booted up the game and that started playing. <laughs> so, it's a pretty good fucking song, too. Yeah. So that was a really cool thing to relive just from opening this game up. Because I just remember I never played the game back then, but I remember thinking it was so freaking cool that they had a song in a AAA game. Mm. Um, yeah, and. I- I think that's that like that helped them get really popular was like that song being in Borderlands like shot them. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, like I said though, I started playing in um, single player. I played it far enough to beat take down a couple of the bosses, like the I don't remember names. But it was a really fun time. I was playing soldier class when I was playing single player and it was really cool having like the turret thing and I was really enjoying getting into the shotguns and assault rifles. I just thought it was really fun. It took me by surprise because what did not play exactly the way that I had expected it to play, and it was a lot less narrative-focused than I had originally thought it was going to be. So it kind of taken me by surprise, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I really thought that I was going to, just from the get-go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What, what about you, Willie? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I actually kind of went into this game dreading it a little bit um, because, like, I don't know, I'd seen some people play Borderlands 2 before, like, boss fights from it and whatnot. <clears throat> I was used to just thinking of it as like a game where it looks like a first-person shooter, but the enemies have incredibly huge health bars, and all the shooting does just put a number over their head, basically, instead of doing real damage. And it just felt like I thought I wouldn't enjoy that experience whatsoever, because I was just kind of thinking of it as a really arbitrarily clunky FPS instead of an action RPG. But um, when I started thinking of it more like it's it's Grim Dawn with guns, kind of, I started uh, actually, you know, I kind of got into it. It was neat upgrading your weapon, doing new things. Uh, I was very pleased by how much, you know, power you gain on a level up. Like, seeing old enemies that used to be challenges turn into absolute jokes was always really great. And uh, I was also really... I mean, I'd seen the art style before, like, because I had seen footage of it. But I, I loved the way... Like, this game would have been a completely different feeling game if it had like a realistic sci-fi setting instead of doing this cell shaded comic book art style that really ended up like selling the game to me a lot. Yeah, for sure. I love the art style. It is a beautiful fucking game. And uh it reminds me a lot of like the DBZ, you know, style that that cell shade. 
It's beautiful. Not okay. So before I get into it, Jeff, what about you, man? What was your uh, first experience like with Borderlands? Well, my first time I actually ever saw this game, I was watching my brothers play split screen on the, on this. Uh, it was the first game, and I just thought it actually looked brutally honest. It looked stupid. I was just like, what what, <laughs> what the hell kind of game is this? I mean, it, it seemed ridiculous to me, and I actually didn't really give this game a fair chance until after I played Borderlands 2. And then, you know, once I was like, man, you know, once I played that, I was like, okay, let's give the first game a chance. Let's see how it is. And, you know, I, that's, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, same thing, watching that intro and hearing a cage the elephant playing. It's the humor, the style of the game, it really, attra- once I actually gave it a chance, it, re- it really, uh, how do I say it? Just it really, I guess I want to say attracted attracted my attention, and it just yeah, I fell in love with the series after that. Hell yeah, yeah. I, I have a similar like. So my first experience with Borderlands was watching my friends Caleb and Josh play it, uh, and I was like, well, this game looks fucking cool. This is like comic book game with guns, and they were like, kinda. You know, and so I sat there and I watched them. Um, and then I ended up next time I went over there, I brought my controller and we played a three player, and it was a blast. Um, I will say, uh, and I I have a note about this. Um, and I don't remember if it was as bad in the original because the enhanced edition did change some things, but like, this game is so much fucking harder in co-op mode. Holy shit! Single player like. After playing co-op mode with you guys and going and playing the single player, like I beat the single player in one sitting. <laughs> wow, the, the game, the, the series <laughs> does that. It ups its difficulty when uh, it detects two or more people playing. I want to say I thought that the difficulty curve. For, I didn't play single player, so I only have the three player experience. But I thought it did a really good job of keeping the curve reasonable for three people. Like it wasn't just blow through it because you're three times as strong as you should be, but it wasn't completely like ridiculously hard either like i felt like it did a good job of throwing higher level enemies at us to make us fight and earn it but i never felt like uh we were hopelessly outmatched by basic mooks except for that one maniac who was like five levels above us and <laughs> in one hit yeah we definitely had the, the few the few times where we would run into a uh like a fucking skag that was giant and could throw out lightning and was like two levels three levels higher than us and we'd be like oh fuck we're gonna be pecking at this thing for a while <laughs> but we but got it like, like really fun for that same exact reason because look it's like we shouldn't be able to beat this yeah. oh no dalton's down one of us has got to get the skag's attention and bring dalton back to life or whatever so that we can keep fighting this thing just and then or we just died and had to respawn back from the checkpoint <laughs> And I feel like the game does a good job with, uh, I didn't feel like death was extremely no. terribly consequential. You just lose like 5% of your money or something. Like it wasn't that it, the big, the big problem was if you didn't get res, you were out of the picture and your boys were going to be fighting without you, which feels bad. You're like, no, I didn't <laughs> leave the party. Well, that is one thing that the game is fair on is with its, if you do have a chance of getting resurrected from either a teammate doing a recover on you, or if you get what's called a second wind is when you kill an enemy when you're in your last chance. Yeah, I thought that yeah. mechanic itself was super cool, the second win mechanic, because that just added another yeah. level of something that you can do when you're in a dire situation. Like, I really enjoyed that mechanic itself. 
Yeah, I really wanted to call out the second wind, too. I thought that was really clever, and it made dead people still part of the game in a real way. And correct me if I'm wrong, that carries over in the series, right? It does, yes. Okay, I thought so. <clears throat> it's been a while since I've really played the other two. but One thing that has um, become a, a frustrating with second wind, if you are just constantly getting wrecked, just be, the your second wind becomes weaker and weaker, so eventually mm-hmm. it's just like... Or no, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's your meter, your your like your time limit you have in last chance, and you you know you're in last chance because everything just like turns uh, like a sepia tone color, and like your screen is just like slanting, so you know you're dying, but uh, your meter that you have just becomes shorter and shorter to eventually yeah, the point it start- it's just like you have one second. It's like well, okay. It starts blowing by really quickly. Yeah, it's like eventually you just don't have enough time to get a shot off. And it's like, no, nah, you're, you're dead, motherfucker. Just give up. <laughs> Run back. To be fair, you've had to have died a, a long time, like a number of times before. It's just like the games. Okay, time to uh, take you back to a checkpoint. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do enjoy the, uh, like you were talking about the progression and stuff. I thought it was a good, like, the side quests didn't feel like you needed to do them, but it's almost like they were there to help you if you felt underpowered. You know what I mean? Yeah, it gave you a way to grind without making it feel like a grind because you got rewards for completing them and yeah. you got experience for completing them. So it seemed like, you know, you wanted to do the story quest next, but you had this thing that you could do to help you get there that was also fairly entertaining for the most part. Like, the side quests were all pretty fun. Like, they didn't feel like a waste of time. It just felt like a good way to help you power up your character while getting a few perks on the way. Mm. I will say, though, that the quests in the game are very much basic MMORPG-type quests. Like, it's kill ten dudes from this faction, or hunt large version Get of enemy, or bottles. retrieve MacGuffin from Area 1. Get 25... I actually <laughs> like that one a lot, for some reason. And even though it was just... Yeah, a lot of them were just, you know, take, get MacGuffin off of this character and bring it here. And, you know, like basic get you acclimated to the area stuff which you know i mean it's fine but i don't think a lot of the missions were especially they they didn't they weren't i don't feel like they had to be but i felt like just as a quick comparison to another game in a similar vein that we've played i felt like borderlands did a much better job of acclimating you to your environment and the gameplay itself than a game like fallout 3 ever did yeah yeah there's a lot more to do in fallout it got very overwhelming right but even like I think that if Fallout had taken a little bit of that more of the Borderlands approach where it told you what to do for a few missions, it would have made it a lot easier to go out and do the exploring yourself mm-hmm. later as side quests. I think that game lacked direction where this one might have had a little bit too much handholding, but at the same time, I appreciated that in it because I never felt like I didn't know what to do. I absolutely agree with you. I think Borderlands does a much better job guiding you how to play the game, whereas Fallout is just like, okay, you're, you escape the vault have at it yeah yeah the tutorial just ends by kicking you in the butt and telling you good luck here's the whole yeah, ass world it is intense and overwhelming yeah and it's kind of it's kind of yeah. on you well, to, like to discover a... the uh, main quest mm-hmm. but i think that claptrap was a really cool yes. thing too because i feel like claptrap kind of gives you a little anchor to the game it's like a bit of a I mean, he's not really an authoritative voice but because he's there with you on the title screen and stuff you're like okay i yeah. can trust this guy wait till later of. in the series <laughs> his humor really steps up. <laughs> Look at me, I'm dancing. I like this I'm little dancing. Dance. I'm dancing. Actually, I need to go. Um, go ahead, Dalton. Oh no, I'm gonna start talking about some bosses. So please, by all means. Well, all, all I was gonna talk about was uh, 
start a t- conversation on what you started with, Willie, saying that you were, uh, or was it you, Nate? So, one of you said that you were the soldier character. Yeah, I played soldier. Oh, I think we all yeah, played I soldier, played soldier in single player. But then once we all got together, I was like, I want to try a different class since I have time. And Dalton, I think, wanted to play something different than he was playing. So I went ahead and picked Berserker in the multiplayer. And Dalton mm. picked the Hunter. Yeah, that's right. one thing that this game does in the series itself. It You can play as different characters which have a different class. And basically... All the characters have the same skills, apart from they have a special, and all their specials are different. So the soldier has a turret. My personal favorite was the siren, which is Lilith. And, yep. and you know, in Borderlands lore, they're supposed to be the most powerful beings in the universe. But uh, her uh, special is she phases out of existence, and, or or out of a, a physical realm and is able to travel, you know, for a small period of time to like, to say, get a different location on a battlefield. So like, That's say cool. if you have five enemies attacking you, you phase out, you can get behind them, you know, put yourself a, a distance away from them and they're forced to turn around. And you could just go ahead and continue firing at them. Uh, Mordecai, which oh. is the hunter, you know, his special, I think is also very good is Bloodwing, which is a bird. Yeah, that that bird, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and then uh Brick, who is the berserker, his uh his method of uh reality is like uh Mickey Rourke in uh Sin City. His <laughs> mitts. You know, he he just he, he just he punches the enemies it's to so death. Fun. It is so freaking fun to go berserk and just start punching. Like my favorite parts of the game where we would just come up on this big group of enemies and I just they knew I was going to do it. I was going to go straight up Leroy Jenkins, run straight at the biggest dude in the bunch and start punching him. <laughs> yeah. Every time. It was hilarious. <laughs> I just start shooting you in the back because I kind of spec in the healer-related stuff. So I'm like, well, either I'll hit the berserker or I'll hit the enemy. Either way, we're good. So, also, each character had like guns that they preferred over others. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, Roland, the soldier, uh, he, you could, like, he preferred, I think it was shotguns and... Combat rifle. Yeah, your combat, I almost got, I just said machine gun, and I'm like, oh, that's not right. Yeah, combat rifles. It, it's, it's um, the same thing. And in this game, then, and combat rifles and machine guns, are, they're the same thing. Just any non-SMG. A, no, SMG, that's, uh, Lilith, that's her preferred weapon. Um, gotcha. Mordecai and, or, yeah, Mordecai the hunter, his thing was sniper and revolvers with the third the third like under being smgs um lilith her thing is smgs but also any of the uh, elemental weapons so like she does more damage with like the, the guns that did lightning damage the guns that did fire damage and stuff like that like she prefers to use those and then brick it, i mean he pretty much just used his fist but he was really good with like rocket launchers and like the bigger guns in the game yeah i, I found most of my time i spent with shotguns and rocket launchers with brick i would occasionally use the combat rifle or the smg just to get a little bit of different experience but it was mostly fists and rocket launchers when i could handle it <laughs> yeah, and i i believe uh it's borderlands one had a million gun a million different guns and then borderlands two I think they said it was like a bajillion, and then Borderlands 3, they just said they lost count. 
if I remember right. <laughs> well, what what he's talking about there is each gun has a bunch of different specifications: uh, magazine size, mm-hmm. damage, reload speed, uh, fire rate. You know, kind of the same what they did with Diablo. So each gun, yeah. you know, they could uh, picture wise, they could look the exactly the same, but their specs could be different. And apparently, yeah, there's like a million different combinations. And I th- actually think I heard Borderlands 2, it's a billion. That's crazy. A billion. So many. Yeah. Um, but I do appreciate how many different weapon models there were, though. You know, for there as being as, as many yeah. different kinds as there are. Like, I don't think I ever picked up a shotgun that looked the same as the last one that I had. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. in, in fiction, they had modifiers, like, each of them had different mm-hmm. manufacturers and stuff, too. So the different manufacturers' guns all look different. And I think some of the modifier words, like, changed the material it was made from or something like that. So it also was the ones that did elemental damage, like the incendiary AKs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so many weapons. And it's really. It. it scratches that looter itch mm-hmm. like this is like definitely like all right what can i pick up next what can i pick oh this gun's better oh pick it up you go a little longer oh man i'm ready for a new gun oh this gun's better this is a different type of gun but it does more damage and it's got a better fire rate so i'm gonna try this out for a little bit you know yeah it's just fucking wonderful yeah because sometimes too the gun feels different than the stats yeah say. i've noticed <laughs> that a lot too sometimes i pick up like a combat rifle that looked like it had better stats but my other one felt so much better to use I wonder if some of that, too, is magazine size, because when you see the comparison, it mainly compares fire rate, accuracy, and uh, was it fire damage. rate, accuracy, and yeah. damage per hit. But, like, a shotgun, you don't care about it, the accuracy percentage as much. You'd really rather know if it holds, like, seven yeah. shells or two, yeah. you know? It's, and a lot of times, the really hard-hitting shotguns only had two shells per, uh, per clip, mm. unless you snagged, like, one of the epic guns, which I had one that did an insane amount of damage, and it had seven shots in it. Nice. Uh, and that was before my upgrade for the uh, soldier on single player, where it's like he just has more ammo in his magazine per clip, which is fucking wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's a good perk. I was starting to really enjoy high damage small clip weapons, though. Like, I was using a revolver that only held two shots at a time, but it did so much instant stopping damage, like, especially against, like, the little raiders and stuff, that I honestly was like, when I'm fighting little dudes, I feel like I'm fighting with the golden gun from Goldeneye mm. with this thing, you know? Revolvers are stupid like, strong. I just had Poncho and Lefty ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the bosses that you run into... Uh, you know, you had like Pinky and Digit, and like those, like there were like little. Uh, holy shit, my brain just fucking. There were there were minions for the uh, the big boss, but uh, they were skags. Skags. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Skag. I couldn't remember that shit. Yeah, there are they are the minions for Nine Toes, who is the first boss you run into, and when he pops up on the screen, he's like, "I'm gonna kill ya," and it pops up Nine Toes. He also has three balls. <laughs> that was such a good <laughs> moment of comic relief, dude. It's like, it's like, you know, all right, tough boss, tough boss. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I was worried about going into this game, too, is people had shown me, like, clips of, like, the funniest scene from Borderlands 2. And almost all of it, like, out of context is this kind of obnoxious South Park humor. But, like, it's not overbearing in this game. It just happens a sudden moment of comic relief after, like, an hour of almost no speech whatsoever. And it makes you go, oh, I was not expecting that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with, like, when people put together the compilations and stuff. It's like, you're not getting to see the time between those, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. 
like a lot of my initial reservations about this game, this game absolutely didn't bear out. Like I really thought that I was going to cringe at the humor attempts. I really thought that I wasn't going to enjoy the gunplay. And as it turned out, both of those things were not true. And I even felt like movement in combat was pretty satisfying. Like the bosses do feel, I think they still feel more like MMORPG bosses than first person shooter bosses. But if a guy like stands there and winds up, like he's going to jump a hundred feet in the air, you're like, Oh, I should go mm. away from yeah. there. And I don't know. It felt pretty good. Yeah, it, it does RPG surprisingly well for a first-person shooter. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I know it's not literally an MMO game, but a lot of the yeah. design elements reminded me of it. Oh, no. I, you know, that's why I keep I could totally that. get that, because if there was, a like, an MMO first-person shooter base, well, probably even Fallout 76, I'm sure that's the way it works, is your guns do damage, and you're doing that damage to the enemy's health. Yeah. Although, I, I guess uh, to bring up a different point, though, uh, I think this is a complaint we all kind of had. Especially with low fire rate, high accuracy level weapons. Um, in multiplayer, there was just a lot of weird rollback because the player who's the server player kind of has the canonical state of the game. And so if you're not perfectly connected to him and there's a hiccup, you're just missing for what looks like no reason on your screen a lot of the time. And that does a huge problem for me. Yeah, I was having issues with that uh, as well. Yeah. And I believe Nate was too when I was hosting. Um where it would be like I'm shooting at an enemy, but it's not showing me any damage, and then all of a sudden they would like catch up, and that enemy's not even where I'm shooting, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. then all of my damage catches up to it, so I might have wasted two shots because he died two shots ago, but I kept firing him, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I definitely hope to see improved upon in the newer games, like two and three. So if we, when we get there, we'll see. Yeah. So hopefully that does turn out a little bit better for us. I I also had an issue. Um, that when I was playing in single player, like I said, I beat this in one sitting. Um, after a few hours, the game just started fucking chugging. And like my computer is more than powerful enough to handle Borderlands. You know what I mean? Like this is not a super graphically intensive game these days. And it would get down to where it was running like 30 frames a second. And I'm like, all right, well, this is serviceable. That's how I first played it on PS3. So yeah, whatever. And then it would start chugging even harder where I was getting like f- fucking playing world of warcraft on low on my laptop back in the day <laughs> fucking 18 frames a second bullshit and then <clears throat> it would drop lower than that to the point that i would be driving the car and it would just be like <laughs> i'd use boost and i would just be like well i hope it don't hit anything and uh i i want to talk about cars for a second yeah we, well so basically just i just wanted to say like if you're if you're playing this and you run into that my fix was to close the game out like save it close the game out let it chill for a second and then load it back up and it seemed to fix but it would happen again after a few hours so i don't know that's just like maybe a memory leak or something as one of my criticisms this is an entirely different game but new vegas when we get there mm. oh yeah that has those issues too um but yeah we could we can talk about the vehicles now if you want willie um i've got some more bosses but we can wait on those uh, I just want to say the cars are, they're basically the warthog from Halo, and I mean that in every way, including maybe the most fun you can have in this game is just mistreating the cars <laughs> with your buddies. Accidentally running into each other and flipping their car over. <laughs> Dude, you, you could never predict no. what a collision was going to do between oh. two cars in this game. Like, sometimes you'd rock it 100 feet in the air, sometimes you would flip over when you just barely got One of my favorite bumped. things about the like, stupid cars wild. were, like, they could get stuck on the environment. Mm-hmm. And, like, you couldn't yeah. back them up or drive them forward. But you know how you fix that? You walked up to it and meleeed it, and it would just go flying off the environment. <laughs> it's, like, so stupid that, like, you could just melee the car, like, 30 feet away from where it was and just get back in it and it's ready to drive again. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, when you punch the car, it was like a barely expired helium balloon is how far it flew, you know? <laughs> yeah, it made me think of the uh, that Nick Swartzman bit where he talks about, like, his grandma talks about how strong he is. And she'll be like, Nick, let's get that jug of milk for me. And he'll be like, you mean this one? And raise it above his head. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Nicholas, <laughs> yes. you're so strong. He's like, it just makes me want to replace her furniture with all inflatable stuff. And I'll be like, where's the remote? And pick the couch up. <laughs> where's the goddamn remote? And just make my grandmother fear me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I I love the cars. Uh, Nate, I know you said that you kind of struggled with them at first, but I think once we got yeah, I got used them, to it after a while because like, like I said, I'd never played a bunch of the first person shooters, so I'd never spent a lot of time in a warthog. But once I started getting used to the controls of it, I had fun with it. It just was one of those things where it did not drive how I initially expected a car in a mm-hmm. video game would drive. Yeah, and for any listeners who have never played Borderlands, like it's you drive forward and backwards with your left thumbstick and then you control the camera with your right thumbstick but it also turns mm-hmm. you so it's just kind of it, it strongly is the same exact the uh, way halo works so if you're familiar with halo but not borderlands just it's the same exact thing yeah yeah oh and just much like the warthog in halo you also have a gunner seat which means we spent a lot of it because there's no harmful friendly fire in this game so we just spent a lot of time shooting rocket launcher at each other's it, car while we're driving and it's fun because one great. player could be in the gunner seat and the other could be driving so i'd hop like, I'd like to be in the gunner seat, so I'd just choose which car I wanted to get in and just shoot the other person. <laughs> what I like no, doing, actually, you're... is uh, get a car of my own, because you can control both the main gun and the gunner gun. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, is that mm-hmm. when you're driving by yourself, you can control both. And it's kind of like wherever you're turning is where you can shoot your missiles and stuff. And I remember when we got into the Doll Headlands, which I think is the second big area, there's a big ramp that you have to go off of to get into it. And I had already gone off it and landed, and I turned around. And my whole thing was I was going to wait for Willie and Nate to come off, and I was going to shoot a rocket just in time for it to blow up as they came off and make it look like an action movie. <laughs> and it was slightly <laughs> off time, but still fucking satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that's the thing is, like, the beginning area is relatively, you know, a decent size. But when you get into the dull headlands, dude, if you don't have a car... That place is massive, and you're going to be running for a long time. Yeah. So that's where, and that's where, like, they started throwing in uh, car enemies at you, where you had the patrols that would come running after you and stuff, which they could be, they could be a pain, especially if they run you over. That's actually, yeah, because I think if you, I was just going to say, that's actually my biggest criticism to the game, because yes, even though these maps are huge, they are very, they're they're not very uh, good looking. It's you're just basically. Throughout the entire game, you're in a desert, just a brown yeah. desert. It's just yeah. the scenery isn't all that exciting. It's just, in my in my honest opinion, I don't think it's like that good looking of a game. My my buddy's actually uh, one who actually hates the first game. He, be, due to its uh, design, he calls it Crayola Vision. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. I will say that. It- Definitely, even the humorous decorations and stuff kind of got used like a dozen times. Like the sign just got piss off painted on it. Like once you saw that once, it was funny. And you see it like twelve times, you're like, surely one of these people just spelled this. <laughs> I I think the best use of that was going into Sledge's area. Yeah. Yes, where there's like the intermediary gate that says that right before, like after the first gate yeah, the opens. The gate opens, and it's the little gate that says "piss off," and then that one opens, and you can come in, which. Um, yeah, leads me back to um, when I thought we were going to go fight Sledge, and I was wrong. We ended up fighting the Roid Rage Psycho, 
which so in Borderlands there are these enemies that are the bandits, but they're called psychos, and they run at you with a hatchet, and they just try to come up and whack you with the hatchet, or they will also just like throw them at you, right? Uh, they're the juggalos, <laughs> and like they come hard. Like there'll be two or three of them, and they'll come hard at you. Uh, well, the Roid Rage Psycho was uh, exactly what it sounds like. It was like a massive. I don't know how tall he was. Probably about twenty feet, maybe like fifteen feet tall, just as wide as a fucking bus, and he hit real hard. But he also went down like a bitch because we were fucking boss. But <laughs> it was a cool little fight. You had to deal with all like the mini midget. Uh, what were they called? Uh, like midget psychos or like midget runners yeah. or something like that. And then they had like the shotgunners and stuff. Well, the thing There's, is that you forgot the, that they had the uh, uh, berserker psycho on our team. Yeah. yeah he went in and just started like fist fighting the big dude <laughs> while me and Willie picked off the little guys and then shot at the big guy. It was great watching Nathan pick a fight because he, 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 like you said, he would literally just run up to the biggest guy, and he was already the biggest guy in our party too. So it was just like we suddenly get to see like some ten foot tall Goliaths with like they're as tall as they are wide yeah. too, just like hammering on each other. It's, it's like, like a, it's a DBZ fight when we going in there and rocking somebody. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not even DVZ, it's more like one of those like panels with a thing and the Hulk are about to fight and they both pull a big haymaker that takes up a whole page splash. I was say, it's like, yeah, it was like 87 fucking Hogan earthquake. Yes! <laughs> um, but yeah, then we went to Sledge. And before you go into Sledge, when you go to open the gate that we were just talking about, the piss-off gate, uh, your little girl in your ear comes on and she's like, this is going to be your first real challenge, so be sure you're prepared. And Nate and Willie were like, ah, we got this. And I was like, well, he's bit. And we went in there, and uh, I think all three of us died at one yeah. point. But we ended up pull- pulling it off. But Sledge, man, uh, his name, uh, it's, it comes up, and he's like, he's just pissed off, and he slams his sledge on the ground, and it pops up. It says, Sledge, P.S., you guys aren't friends. <laughs> well, that was a really good joke. <laughs> and then he hits real hard, and then he pulls out a gun, and you're like, oh, god damn it, he's got melee and fucking ranged attack. Um, and he also summons a bunch of minions and stuff. So that fight was a good challenge. Um, I would go so far as to say that was that fight might have been my least favorite gameplay moment in the entire really? game. Yeah, I just it felt really arbitrary. And at one point, he just kind of got stuck on a wall for a while, and we shot him a bunch. And I no, don't my know. favorite actual fight that we did was one that wasn't even a boss fight. It was when we first got into like the arid badlands or something like that, where we went down and we go through that pipe, and there were just like thirty badass stags yeah. standing there waiting for us, which we were like four levels under leveled. We just went for it. That was a lot of fun. Like we should not have won that yeah. fight, but <laughs> the the best that fight was. That fight was great. The Skagzilla oh, yeah. fight I was extremely Skagzilla. good. I don't know if you're going to get to that one, Dalton. <laughs> and then uh, the, the, there's another boss fight you're going to get to that I actually thought was fantastic. So the just real quick, the uh, when we were fighting all those Skags right on the other side of those tubes or whatever they were, little tunnel, um, the spawn point was on the other side of the tunnel, so it was great. So if one of us fucking <laughs> died and we couldn't res them, they would just respawn right there and they could run through the tunnel again. It was like two seconds to get yeah. back and start firing bullets again, so... Yeah, we just, it took us a while to chip away at that, but it was fun. Because yeah, we were under level, fun. we were just going for it, and it was a ton of fun. <laughs> well, you feel confident when there's multiple of you. Yeah. It's just like, we got this. Yeah. And it was very nice to spawn point to be yeah. next to an ammo vendor. <laughs> yeah. And a health thing. So it's like, if you could run back there, insta health, refill your ammo, go back in. Um, 
and then uh, some of the other bosses that I saw with you guys um, was uh, Mad Mel. This was the one I thought was my favorite fight in the game. So this is a car fight. Uh, it's basically Mad Max. Like mm-hmm. Borderlands becomes Mad Max after the first part, and you go into the second part, you're playing it. It becomes Mad Max for a while, but uh, yeah. So what, what did you like about the Mad Mel fight? I just thought it was really fun to fight a bunch of uh, vehicles, like especially because I didn't fight from a vehicle. I just stood on foot because I thought that my revolver was stronger than the car rocket launcher. <laughs> and so just the thing is, my revolver was strong enough that I could take down a, a junk car. What was it called? A, yeah, a Outrider, yeah. I think. I could take one of those down in like two shots. And it felt really cool and heroic every time. Just kablooying that thing with a pistol. And, and that's that's one thing that we all commented. I think it was either during that fight or after that fight that it was like, Oh, our guns do more damage than the fucking car rocket launcher. So, yeah, I think we noticed that on the way over there because uh, I would just get out and start blowing up the outriders and ranger cars. I, I feel like that the maybe the car gun should have like scaled, yeah. but I don't know how hard that would have been to code. So, I'll go ahead and say that even though I said that that section was awesome, I do not think vehicular combat no, was a strength. The fighting vehicles outside of the car was fun. Yeah, and vehicle—it's just vehicle to vehicle combat that I didn't think was fun. Uh, but, but on foot versus car and car versus on foot, both there, fun. There was a, a side quest that we didn't do, but we could, you know, we can go back and do it. Um, where you you get a thing to kill 50 of those uh, Sithid, like the oh, creepy yeah. crawly enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on a racetrack type thing. So you go in there with the cars and you're driving around the racetrack and they spawn and you just run them over. Nice. And you, just, you have to just kill 50 of them doing that. And that should be fun with multiple people. Humming the, humming the Rainbow Road song the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we... Did we... I, I believe that was the last boss we did because we got to... I think our next mission is to go kill Krom. Yeah, Krom is our next goal. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have two trivial rank quests that we didn't finish from way back then. Uh, round, uh, Circle of Death Round 2 was one of them, I think. Okay. Um, and then the optional bosses uh, was like Scar and Mo oh, yeah. and Marley, uh, Mo and Marley uh, and Skagzilla. Skagzilla is the one. So, uh, Jeff, do you have any memory of Skagzilla? Do you remember what we're talking about? I, with that? It's to be brutally honest, I haven't beat. The last time I played this game and beaten it was maybe I, I was heavily heavy into my PS3, so probably 2015. Nice. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I have so you I have, have no to... idea. I mean, the only boss I remember here is a nine toes. That's just because I. Yeah. That's just because I just beaten him recently. Okay. Um. So the, the way it works with Skagzilla is you get the quest from uh, the guy as you enter in the Doll Headlands, and he's like, you know, go hunt this thing, and you have to go to a bandit camp and get there where they're like cooking a skag over a spit, and you have to steal that. And that's your Skagzilla bait, and then you take it to this big like arena almost looking area that's big and fenced in and there's a big cave and as you approach the cave it's all like and things shake and nate and willie were like what the fuck is this and i'm like it's skagzilla and then i went over and i put the bait on and then out of the cave comes this fucking skag that's absolutely massive he's like the size of a building and uh that was a fun fight dude what I did. Uh, it was yeah guess what nate did <laughs> Ran in and donkey punched it. It's part fucked. <laughs> it was it was tremendous. Uh, that was a fight that like I had fun, but I was also lagging really hard during that. Yeah. So like that was one of those fights that I was putting shots into it and not really sure if they were hitting it. 
Yeah, I felt like I had flag during that fight too, and it was like I was sure I was going to get the uh, mouth criticals, and I just yeah. wasn't getting scored for them. Um, with while being vague, um, Skagzilla is not the biggest thing that will fight nice. by the end of the game. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever not, that not is. Not a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> um, I'll, okay, so I'm going to read you some of the optional bosses' names, just because you know you know Scar, Mo, Marley, Skagzilla. Some of the ones that we haven't seen, and I'm not going to tell you anything other than their names. Mothrak. That sounds like it might be a oh a, okay. a giant rack. Oh. Mothra. Yeah, but the size yeah. of Mothra. <laughs> King Wee Wee. <laughs> Reaver. Slither. Rakanishu. One-Eyed Jack. Helob. Widow. Oh, uh, I have a guess for Helob. Is that a... Is that like Shelob? Is it a Spidey? Uh, I don't know. Let me click here real quick. I'll tell you. But it's like a boy Spidey instead of a girl Spidey. So it's Helob instead of Shelob. Helob is, is one of the spider ants. Nice. Yep. Nailed it. Good call. Got it. Uh, uh, Widowmaker. Scrappy, quote unquote, all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just clipped my mic laughing at Scrappy all grown up. Uh, Bleeder. Uh, King Arakob and Queen Tarant. Tarantella. That's definitely a spider. Mm. A spider. And then, like, so we haven't gotten to them, obviously, but there are some DLC for this game. And I'm not going to go through all the names of the people in that, but uh, you got the zombie island of Dr. Ned, um, which I will say, Dr. Ned is Dr. Zed, who's a character you meet in Borderlands, but he's got, but Dr. Ned has a big fancy mustache, <laughs> like a, f- a fake ass mustache on and kind of like the one willie's uh character's wearing right now y- yes exactly <laughs> that mustache is what dr ned's wearing and it's like that's just what differentiates nice. him from dr zed dude that mustache is bringing my roland together that is the <laughs> reason yeah. he's a character and then uh some of the other dlc is the secret army of general knox uh clap traps new robot revolution go ahead and, finish. and um there's another one too that i'm not seeing on here but it's the the Mad Moxie's Underdome, which is like a uh, fighting waves of enemies and stuff. Nice. Which I did on single player, and I would much rather do that with other people. Hell yeah. Do you have something to say, Jeff? Yes, I do. So, you mentioned the secret army of General Knox. Gentlemen, well, let me ask you this. Are you guys having... Do you guys think that you're collecting enough money, or you find yourself a money... an issue at times? I haven't found myself money starved in this game at all. Like I've like it's I'm playing it kind of similarly like I did Grim Dawn, where most of the time my weapons come from looting. I have the money for almost everything I want, but I never have the money for class features. So money would be nice. Uh, I want to point out that um, we have not gotten to a point in the game and co-op where shit starts getting stupid expensive. Oh. Um, but yeah, like there are there are times where like you'll see a shield and you'll be like damn that shield's good and it costs like three hundred thousand dollars you're like fuck <laughs> but yeah I'm guessing anyway. the Knox things kind of like Fort Knox it is uh, let, let me also ask you this what level are you guys at we're all at twenty yeah like twenty one okay good this is still in effect because if you go into the secret armory of General Knox the level itself is called T Bone Junction. You go there, and as long as you stay within the sa- the main area, which actually you can't you can't dis- you can't uh, leave it unless you go da- down a specific alley, which is actually very clo- close in proximity of what I'm about to tell you, which is uh, 
there are you go there in T-Bone Junction, there are three secret weapons cache chests. The the levels to require to use them are at this point still above because they're like maybe 30, 34. So you can't use them. You sell them and you, you're getting maybe thirty grand a pop. Oh wow. So that that is a so that is a okay. surefire way for you to never have to worry about money, and nice. and those and those okay. weapons uh, respawn every gameplay. Sweet. Oh yeah. Um, I I feel like I read that the General Knox DLC starts at level fifty one, like no matter what. So I think that the, or one of them starts at fifty one. Well, let, let's put, let's put it like this. And your current state, what what would happen is you go down the specific alley, then all of a sudden you see like this. Uh, this torpedo get launched toward you, or like this, like a, this capsule. As soon as the capsule lands, these uh, these characters, I think I think they're called like Crimson Assassins or something like that. They're like level forty or fifty, you know, something like that. They'll wreck you. So you you <laughs> you you you'll have no chance to defend yourself. As soon as they one hit, you're in a second chance. So yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, I did play a little bit of the, uh, like I said, the, the island, the Doctor Ned, the Zombie Island, and it's pretty funny. And I mean, shooting zombies in Borderlands, it's pretty fun. Uh, I'd say it's more fun than the last few times I've played any kind of Call of Duty okay. zombies. Well, yeah, I can imagine the grotesque deaths that you can inflict upon a zombie in Borderlands. <laughs> Blow them to smithereens. <laughs> oh man. Um. Let's see. If I had, I'm thinking about a rating I would give this game because I don't know like what else to t- touch on. We covered pretty other much than... the majority of what we needed to in the game for sure. Mm. Uh, I I will say, uh, being vague, by the time you get to the end of the game, you will realize that story is meaningless. I kind of never felt like it was meaningful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's kind of just there. You know what I mean? I feel like they improve on that a little bit in the later games but yeah it's it's not a big main part at least of the first one um but i much preferred this uh as a co-op experience um playing it solo is fun but i much enjoyed you know playing with the buds um and sorry we had trouble scheduling you into the game eh, too just but you know i know you're you're a busy boy i mean not not these two weeks but you, you have been well, a busy boy. That's, that's what happens when you have two jobs that is true. Um, th- I think I would settle on eight point five. Claptrap has gags. All right. Yeah, for me, like I thought the game. I'm gonna give it a little bit of a rundown. I thought the game was really fun. Um, other than the intro song, I think the music was not super memorable in this game. Uh, online multiplayer super yeah. fun, but hella janky. Like it was not optimized at all for online play, which is disappointing but it is what it is. Um, but all in all, it was a lot more fun than I expected and a lot less narrative than I expected, which I'm actually happy about. So I, I hit actually at yeah. a 7.5 for this game because I'm at least, like, I like it. I'm excited to keep playing it a little bit more with you guys when we have some free time just to keep chugging along in our current playthrough. But I'm also excited now to play Borderlands 2 and 3 because I think those are going to be really fun. I, I, I can't vouch for three, but I can tell you the two is awesome. But, 
Nate basically just said everything I pretty much had. Uh, the game exceeded my expectations a lot. It was one I was worried that I would completely dislike, and instead it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of the fun can be attributed to the fact that we clowned around in multiplayer a lot. Like, I don't think it's one I would go back and do the single player of. Um, but it was, um, I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff felt and played better. It was pleasantly surprised and very intelligently built. And um, I think I'm going to give it a seven spiderling le- spider ant legs out of ten. Okay. Well, I'm going to be the negative Nancy here because part I think part of the problem for me is because I played two first and then started playing one, I noticed a lot of things that the game lacked. You know, one, one of my things yeah. I said earlier was its style or just, just the environment. So it's just a, not that good looking. Good, I mean, it's pretty enough but it's definitely not good looking compared to the other games in the series uh, you know just with the environments uh actually just to uh say something that you willie said about free space one it's a very serviceable intro to the series but you know it just there are some positives that i'm glad that that went throughout the entire series but I just I find this game just serviceable enough, and you know nothing great. So I would give this I'll be six point five uh, six point five toes out of out of a not I don't know six six point five skags out of a ten spider ants. <laughs> I thought you were going to give it out of three balls. <laughs> I was tempted by it, but it's like, I think that's given the game more praise than what I just said. So I, I took it away. <laughs> yeah, I think that's completely fair, too. Like, like I said, this is my first experience with Borderlands, period. And who knows, if I'd have played two first, then my opinion could be completely changed on this one. So I think it's just fortunate timing that I missed a lot of gaming during this era for myself that... This is all brand new to me and still fun and exciting. It's definitely deserved to be played. And even though the, I think the best song in the game actually is the end credits. And it's it's a song called... Uh, oh, <laughs> still alive. God damn it. I can't believe I just for, I've forgotten the song. Hold on. Uh, Using those yep. two monitors for good. Go ahead and talk, guys. I'll be with you one minute. Nope. We're going to wait on you. I'm doing this to truncate silence. We'll take it out. It's called No Heaven by DJ Champion. Okay. Oh well, there you go. There's there's Jeff's wreck. Go listen to that. I think that I think that is the best song, probably in the entire series. Wow. Okay. Okay. What's the competition? Is there any other licensed music? Like I know this game started on the Borderlands Two uses. Two songs from the heavy, uh, short change hero, and what the hell is the other song? Why are you putting me on the spot? Because you were really good at trivia earlier. You remembered Kevin Schuler. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's fair. How do you like me now? There it is. How you like me now? How you like me now? That song. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a song. That song. Oh, okay. cool. I got gotcha. you. Um, but, but the prequel, sequel, and uh, three—I don't remember who, uh, you, what music they use. Okay. Yeah, I—I've never even touched the pre-sequel, but I've heard it's fun. I also, I also would like to try the uh, the Borderlands game that uh, Tales of the Borderlands. T- 
Telltale Studios. Did. I have yeah, played that. Borderlands. Is it any good? It's all right. Like it's like I played the Walking Dead one first. Like because like uh, Paul Corn, he introduced me to the Telltale games, and he had me play the Borderlands one. And I think that's a big part of the reason why I thought the narrative was going to be so much more heavy in actual Borderlands because you know Tales Telltale games are very narrative driven. Yeah. So it kind of led me to believe something Borderlands was going to be something a little bit different than what it was. I will say I prefer this game to the Telltale <laughs> game. Now I'm just imagining someone who played the hell out of Minecraft story <laughs> mode by Telltale and he finally gets the original game and was like, what the hell? And speaking of uh, Paul Korn, shout out to uh, Wayward Cross Comics. Hell yeah. Was yeah, that his yeah. first mention? Uh, um, I think it's the first time I've mentioned Wayward Cross Comics. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think Paul Korn's... Yeah, that is his handle. I think it's come up before. That, that's like what he does too, right? And then the name of his yeah. company, or yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he does the writing, and then Wayward Cross mm-hmm. Art, I think, on Twitter does the. Yeah, uh, he writes a comic called uh, Waifu Apocalypse, which is a story about where waifu pillows come to life and start killing people. So check it out. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, then I think let's uh, get into some house cleaning, and um, first and foremost. I want to give a big shout out to all of our Patreon uh, listeners with a special shout out to Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable old Jeffy Lube himself, and Arisa Adam. Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. It's yeah, back. He just, he just released a new it's episode back, the other day. Um, if you would like to join our Discord, you could pop over to bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital all letters. Caps. Um, and you heard me mention the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. $1 a month will get you uh, your episodes a day early, and you get to hear our little bullshit before we start. And uh, it'll be sometimes it's just us, you know, fucking around and talking. Sometimes we have a little topic we go on. It just kind of depends. Um, Today, shockingly, we talked about video games on the uh, Patreon. Pre- I know. Segment. It was wild, right? Also, like, Patreon, my Patreon people, if you have things that you would like to, you know, ask us, for that section by all means because it's like y'all pay for that so like <laughs> i would like to cater cater that section to you guys a little bit you Absolutely. know what i'm saying so yeah by all means send us in some questions and stuff um if you want a cool shirt you can go check out uh tsmp productions.threadless.com gets you a shirt with our show logo on it and all of that jazz and if you're too lazy to type in all of those different links just pop over to bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast uh capitalized phonetically and boom there you go and all of that shit's on there i i'm so glad it didn't fuck up that night that i thought i had lost yeah. it all <laughs> my god i was about to have an anxiety attack that night but I figured it all out um and that leaves us with the next the next game so the poll winners right now are a plague's tale innocence and uh, Midnight Mysteries 4 Haunted Houdini. But we also have the third option, which is Nate gets his host pick. And I do believe that you decided to cash that in, good sir. So would you like to let everybody know about that? And while you're at it, plug your stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. So this next week we will be playing Yoku's Island Express, which is a really neat concept of the game, um, where it's kind of like a cross between a Metroidvania and Pinball. 
So I've been wanting to play this one for quite a while, and it just seemed like a good time to cut a little break into the schedule, just throw something fun like that in. So that's what we'll be doing, and I'm excited to play through that and report on that next week. Um, been a little bit off schedule with holidays and being sick with my other stuff lately, but you can still find me on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at TurtleBearMan with my retro game stuff. I did stream on Friday, I did miss Sunday, but hopefully I can get back into my regular schedule moving forward. Just like I said, I've lacked energy lately, so hopefully that starts feeling a little bit better. But yeah, check me out. And what he means by uh, his sick other stuff is that he busted out the Razor scooter and he's been out hitting sick lines. <laughs> I saw that 50-50 grind all the way down the railing, man. That was great. I, and and he's... Is there a 50-50 grind for Razor scooters? I don't know Razor scooter tricks. You know, I'm not sure because the 50-50 grind is where both of your skateboard trucks are on the, the rail and yeah. uh, scooters don't have trucks, so I'm not, I'm not really sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know, maybe a board slide, but even then it's like, would it be a scooter slide? Because are you just scooting? Just boot scooting. <laughs> he did the boot scooting boogie. Boot scooting boogie. Makes me think of the, I know you said that you don't particularly care for South Park humor earlier, um, but... I just didn't say I didn't care for it. I just said sometimes it doesn't land right. Okay. You know, when it hits, it hits. It's just, it, when it's done badly, it's embarrassing. Okay, well, okay. That, I can, that, can, that I can agree with. Um but there's this episode where, so you know how like the new thing is in like big cities, how they have the scooters that you can like put in the quarters or whatever and then ride it. I hate so, so much. Well, then you're about to relate to Mr. Mackey because he, he's, uh, he comes in and everybody's riding around on scooters in town and he's like, what the hell is this? Okay. It's just, everybody's just scooting. <laughs> 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 they just scooting. And he like, he goes and he gathers up all the scooters and he burns them <laughs> and he destroys them. And then he wakes up the next day and walks outside and they're, they're all have been replaced. They're all back and everybody's scooting. He's like, why is everybody scooting? <laughs> God damn, it's so funny. I remember when they started putting those in downtown Nashville and like they're motorized scooters and everybody's just such a freaking idiot with those things. And like. They just leave them wherever, too. Like, nobody takes them back to the scooter stand when they're done. It's just like, oh, here's a scooter laying outside of whatever in the middle of Broadway. I'm like, why is this here? Right. You know what I think Nashville traffic really needed was more goofy-ass vehicles that people right. don't know what they're doing with. <laughs> no. Between the pedal taverns and They're not allowed horses. to serve alcohol in pedal taverns anymore. They're just dead Oh, now. so they're just dead then, aren't they? <laughs> I used to see them in Gainesville, and I was like, that's a stupid ass. I Who wants to get drunk while pedaling right. a bike? Like, wh- I'll say, of all these stupid ass vehicles that I've seen go around town, though, there's one that I respect, and that is the fire trucks that have been converted into swimming pools. <laughs> that looks like fun. That seems like that would be like a cool tourist thing to do. Or, or not even like a tour, yeah. but like to do it once, yeah. where you hop and go, go see the city yeah. in the back of a fire truck swimming pool. Hell yeah. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> I got to, uh, when I was in New York, this is different, like, but my mom and dad went on, like, the uh, the double-decker bus or whatever, and I went around New York. Uh, but when me and my dad went, we did not do that, because I said, fuck that. But I did get to see the Naked Cowboy. <laughs> cool. So that was interesting. Oh, and, I, and, and when I was in, uh, Ma- not Madison Square Garden, what the fuck? Times uh, Square. Thank you. Times Square. Um, you'd be, well, you might not be surprised, but I'll say you'd be surprised how many mascot characters are out there that are just 
dirty. Like all the Sesame like, Street characters that are just <laughs> horrifying to look at. Yeah, and like I feel bad because like those people are just trying to make a living, but at the same time, it's like, dude, wash your shit. <laughs> like, god damn. But then, also, almost dry clean only. <laughs> one other thing I want to say about Times Square, and then like I'll just get off this little random tangent, but like it amazed me how bright it was at night because of all the lights and the mm. screens and all of that. Like we came out of this restaurant, it was eleven o'clock at night, and it looked like. S- four o'clock in the afternoon it was so bright just insane and it was cool like this one area because it was like uh i don't remember what time of the year it was but there was like this big lit up thing down this one road but it was way down the road so it looked like a fucking corridor of windows of all these buildings just to this big glowing monstrosity it was it was cool but anyways gentlemen is there anything else that you'd like to touch on before we uh wrap this shindig up all I would like to say is it has been an uh, honor yeah. and a privilege of leading the Third Army. <laughs> Aye. That's from Patton. That's from Patton. For, like Patton Oswalt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sure, you're patting yourself on the back for that one. Can we end the show? Um, <laughs> Patton pending. Can we, can we end the show? Yes, we can. Right now. the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little company? If you pay the right price, your evening will be nice and you can go and send me on my way. I said, you're such a sweet young thing, why you do this to yourself? She looked at me and this is what she said. Oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. I got Until we close our eyes for good